Hey guys, welcome again to Spiritual Evolution Podcast. My name is Daniel Rodman. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about, um, in addition to the stuff we talked about last time, we were talking about um, the intelligence of the heart and things like that. Um, so today, I was kind of inclined to start talking about not just about how we actualize our heart, but also how we can recognize the obstacles to our heart. How do we, uh, how do you recognize what it looks like to be blocking our heart in some way, to be blocking our ability to love ourselves or someone else, or the ability to uh, actualize our lives in a way that it's in tune with our with our heart's true calling. So, so basically, um, whenever we're talking about blockage in some way, ultimately what we're talking about is what's called the ego. And the ego is basically what it sounds like. It sounds like this big ego that you have that's just this idea, this image of yourself. Um, not saying that you have this in an overt way, but everybody has this in a subtle way. This, this, this idea of ego, this notion of ego, this notion of self being separate from everybody else that has uh, wants and needs that are more important than somebody else. So we have all, we all have our, our tendencies towards this. A certain levels or degrees of of, of movement towards this attitude. Um, not to say that we're all selfish. We're definitely not all selfish. It's just that I'm saying that we have certain degrees of this subtle attitude of um, of this feeling of of being more self interested than than not. So <clears throat> the reason why I talk about this attitude of selfishness or, or self-oriented ways of thinking or the ego is because <clears throat> that is the primary basis upon which we have a blockage to our ability to be loving, um, whether it's loving to ourselves, loving to others, and so forth. Obviously, if we experience certain things in our lives, it's going to, to hurt us. And it's going to stop us from being able to, to love ourselves more easily because we've been taught that we weren't worthy, you know, right? So, so but this, the problem is, is that even though these, these phenomena, these experiences that happen to us, these traumas uh, can cause us to feel less than in ourselves, it's still always the ego that is keeping it alive, keeping it into a cycle of drama over and over and over and over, over and over and over again. So, so that's the thing that we want to get rid of. And when it comes to the traumas, obviously we want to talk about it with people who we trust, people who we can feel open with, maybe a therapist or, or even just someone who's close to us to talk about what we've gone through and try to process the, the experiences somehow. But ultimately, this, this attitude of self-interest, this attitude of, of self-oriented thinking is the basis upon which all of this cycle of drama and trauma uh, can continue and perpetuate over and over again over time. So, <clears throat> so how do we overcome this selfish, self-interested, egoic state of mind? Well, it's important to recognize that um, that there are certain things that 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 accentuate this selfish state of mind that 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 perpetuate this selfish state of mind. And one of them is the belief that we are separate from the world. Uh, now, we already talked about, and, and, and other people as well. Now, we talked about how, um, you know, the, the, the overarching experience of the universal expression of uh, harmony in the universe uh, that we feel in nature and that we feel in all things, that, that consciousness can realize that the, the, the fact that we are not separate. 
And we can, we can practice realizing this understanding through meditation. But um, ultimately, if we wanted to, to overcome this, this ego, we can use this realization of non-separation and we can cultivate this, this feeling of non-separation within ourselves so we can let go of this ego. We can let go of this sense of separate I. Um, so that's one of the most important practices we can, we can, we can do. And uh, it's actually a pretty profound transformation that takes place when you do that because instead of your mind simply being stuck inside of yourself, inside of your thoughts, what it turns out to be is that your mind is everything. Um, so it's a very profound and powerful transformation. Not to say that I've gotten to that point to where I can literally like know everything like psychically or whatever, but like it's that you you fuse your mind with everything around you because there's no mo no more separation. So you feel this sense of deep connectedness to everything around you in your experience. And so this is one thing to think about when you're meditating, for example, that literally nothing is left out of your, your meditation. When there's noises outside, when there's the ambulance going on, when there's a bird chirping by your window, everything is included. Everything is a part of your experience. Therefore, everything is a part of your mind. Therefore, everything is not separate. There is nothing that's left out. So we're trying our best to be able to realize that fact that we are not separate from anything else, that everything is included in this one grand experience of the harmony and intelligence of our own heart and mind. So, uh, so that's one first step, is to overcome this notion of separate. The second, the second way to overcome this selfish intention is to be able to recognize the preciousness of other beings. If we can recognize the preciousness of other beings, we can start to recognize the fact that the, the values and the needs and the wants of other people are are also valuable. That they're, they're literally equal in value to your own. And if you wanted to, uh, it's a joy to, to share and to serve their, their wants and needs over your own. Not to put yourself down, but just to be a servant. You know, just to, to serve someone. Just to be like, hey, you know, like, let me get you a drink. Would you like a drink? You know, like, uh, I'll get you a drink and, and uh, you know, here, this is, this is something I want to give to you. Just out of the kindness of my heart because I care about you. So, so it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be this, like, these dramatic self-sacrificing actions that, that lead into this actualizing of this realization of preciousness of people. It can just be simple actions here and there throughout the day, like little, little things here and there, at least at first, that really start to get you going to realize that, Everybody has this preciousness in their heart because, first of all, everybody is sensitive to suffering. And when people suffer, they, they suffer for real. And we all know what it feels like to suffer. And then everybody is, is sensitive to happiness. And that when people are happy, they, they are happy for real. And that that is something that we want to try to cultivate in those people. Because if we know how, how it feels like to be happy in ourselves then we know what it feels like to be happy in other people in some way because it, it fundamentally feels good. So we want to cultivate the freedom from suffering in other, in other beings and we want to cultivate the fullness of happiness in other beings as well. So this is a practice of realizing the preciousness of every sentient being, that every, every sentient being 
Every being, when I say sentient being, I mean it's beings that can, that can suffer and that can experience happiness, which is not limited to humans because we all know that our dogs love us. We all know that our dogs and cats love us. And now I'm not going to go down the road of vegetarianism. I am myself a vegetarian, but it is definitely food for thought to think about the fact that if dogs and cats can experience happiness and suffering, then maybe other animals can too. That's up for you to, to research and, and learn more about. So, um, people are precious. Humans are precious. Animals are precious. But let's talk about people. Another reason why people are precious, if we get more deeply into the spiritual dimension of things, we'll start to recognize the fact that that preciousness that is in that, that, that person is their identity in God. It is their soul or their spirit or their mind or their consciousness or their heart. If everybody is an expression of the divine in some way, and if everybody ultimately, if you look into your own heart and you've ultimately you, what you'll find is the divine within yourself, then the, everybody has the divine within themselves as well. And so what that means is, is that that preciousness is the spark of the divine that they are. It's not merely the fact that they, oh, they, they are sensitive to happiness and sensitive to suffering, but it's that, that they are a mind, that they are a spirit, that they are a soul, that they are a, a, an expression of the divine in some way. Divine consciousness, divine love, that they are incarnate div divinity in some way. And because of that, we are able to feel this experience of meaningfulness when we, when we try to tap into their preciousness. This experience of meaningfulness of their life, experience of meaningfulness of who they are, this experience of meaningfulness of what they have to offer to the world. So this is something that we can really reflect on deeply, is to know that every single being is precious because every single being is an expression of the divine in some way. So, the final thing that I'll offer is, when we recognize the preciousness, and when we truly experience this preciousness, not just some kind of anecdotal, peripheral understanding of it, but a, a real direct experience of the preciousness of, of the being of, of some other being, what we'll experience is unity with that being we'll experience on a subtle level, on a deeper level within ourselves, that realization that you and I are one. Because we both share, we both share in that fundamental divinity. We are both expressions of the universe. We are both expressions of the divine transcendent truth that underlies all of creation, or whatever you want to call it. We are both the expressions of those of that one truth. And that when we know that for ourselves, we know that in, our, in ourselves and in other people, that is the basis, that is the seed for true compassion, for true love. Because that from that place, we are unwavering. So that's it for today, guys, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I will uh, talk next time.